1: And good morning, dear one. Greg is with you over here.
0: Rev Z right here.
1: And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. Happens on Friday mornings here on the New Thought Media Network, 7 a.m. on the Mountain Time Zone. So thank you for being with us and joining us here this morning last week we had we took a week off for the holidays and uh thank you for that so we did a rebroadcast uh which means we're a little behind on, on some of the news stories going on around in the world but uh we want to start today and uh and jump right in and join in this story and have a little uh perspective on what's going on here with the olympics um folks if you haven't heard Uh, The Olympics seems to have a problem, and they seem Mm. to have a problem with racism. Imagine that, an organization that's been on the planet for, what, a couple hundred years, run by a bunch of old white men, and it's people coming forward that they have a problem with with racism. Now, for me, this all kind of emerges uh, from this this recent... um, the and i'm uh, i just lost the woman's name i am so sorry uh <laughs> sherry uh the sprinter what's her name Z? help me out here i oh. look at, at it and i just lost it off my top of my head oh, um, it, it'll jump back in but i think most people know the story she runs a great race um i'm not much of an olympic sports person i don't do an awful lot of following of the olympics and does a great job fabulous 100 meter race it's heading to the olympics and then test positive for thc for cannabis in the state of in the state of oregon where this trial happens cannabis is legal that's irrelevant has nothing to do with international olympic rules um and i gotta tell you here's what i love most is the, this woman has been nothing but absolutely authentic, professional, and straightforward in what, at least her public expression of all this. Yes, She admitted, Right, she came right out, she said, yeah, <clears throat> I, I feel I got, I, I received news in a public forum and she received information that her mother had died, her biological mother had died recently. Uh, from a reporter in an article in a interview period, where she had no idea, she very situational aside, aside. Yes, woman. She took responsibility for her actions, and she's willing to live according to the rules and the agreements she made when she just agreed to be an Olympic athlete. Put that aside, and just a little bit of research brings forward the reminder that the olympics have that bigger problem so um Sha- shakari shakari that's right Shakari, yep. yes yeah. shakari thank you for p- putting that in our private chat there z so shakari richardson i think she's doing a, a great job she's not going to the olympics um she's not going to make it this time but i get a feeling we're going to hear more and more about her and from her in the track yeah. and field world from her in the track and field world so um, <clears throat> and you, you know,
0: say- well, you know, I, and, 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 you know, people come down on both sides of the fence on this, as always, there's always two sides of the fence. Uh, and there are people saying, well, she broke the rules, da, da, da. uh, and yes, you know, technically that's true. Uh, I would point to an even bigger thing is they need to go ahead and make this a federal law to decriminalize, uh, marijuana. And be done with this thing. Um, you know, the the consumption of alcohol at Olympic events, I'm sure, is over the top. Um, astronomical, yes. And and you know, I don't I don't. am pretty sure there's no ban in there for that. Um, and you know, the the uh, if 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 an Olympic athlete was to do that before they they you know not when they're getting ready to race after. Uh, all right, so you know, I think that is a bigger story, but f- from the marijuana piece. But the other piece is right now. I just read, and I'm not sure if it's final yet. They're looking to not maybe even have spectators at the events in Tokyo because of the uh, fear of, of of the COVID.
1: So they made that announcement yesterday, actually. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean that's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, that's kind of be like like, like the basketball players playing basketball in the bubble in Orlando, you know, right. a sporting, half of the fun, if you will, or half of the uh, energy at a sporting event is to have spectators witnessing these, these individuals who've trained and dedicated and, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally to compete, which boost up the energy and that's not going to be there now. And so no, and I, you know, it, it, one of the biggest parts of the Olympics for me is the Olympic ceremony. How is that going to be if nobody's there? Um,
1: <laughs> right, a bunch of jet lagged athletes wandering through a field waving at <laughs> nothing. Uh, I, I, yeah, right. I hear you.
0: they did announce so yesterday:
1: no, no, no spectators. Originally, it was only going to be 50 percent spectators, and they were all going to have to be Japanese peace citizens, right? Locals, no internationals originally anyway. And yesterday they announced no, no spectators at all. So, It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, and again, our bigger story is, now. <clears throat> and here's my admission, right, folks? If you watch this program, if you watch New Thought Media Network, you know uh, we are, I believe, supporting and serving this greater healing in the apparent cultural divide between black and white in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a real divide. There's really no separation. We strive to demonstrate that each and every week on this program.
0: And as the white guy in the mix,
1: I woke up this week going, well, shit, the Olympics, too? Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, I thought maybe the Olympics were immune from the white supremacy, from the racist tendencies, from all of the. And the truth is, no. And I guess I thought maybe because it was an international body. And they, they force us to speak French, and even when we don't want to, and, you know, and all these things that I guess there was some piece of me that was like, no, no that's safe. That, that, that's safe. We're, we're okay yeah. there. But it would appear not. And this, in, this story has really forced me to start doing some digging and looking into some deeper stories of black women and swim caps and how hard it's been for black women to get swim caps approved by the Olympic Committee so they can even race and don't feel like they're being held back uh, and at a disadvantage in the race, just in a swim cap and, and more and more. And track and field, um, there does seem to be even... More than just casual racism or more than just historic racism, there appears to be active work to hold back black track and field stars. Uh, Salon put out a pretty hefty article on most of the way through it. Um, They've got a few of them that they're looking at. Um, The one that that really, uh, where is it now? Um, And you know, the other thing, go ahead. They, they show in a July 6 article, recent Olympic ruling showed dehumanization of black women in sports. Yeah,
0: well,
1: Amazing.
0: you know, I, I, if you look back at, uh, I mean, heck, if we go all the way back in the Olympics to when Jesse Owen was running in Germany, I mean, I mean we can go way back there, uh, mm-hmm. you know that stands on its own and then if you if you move forward to 68 when you had Tommy Smith and and John Carlos you know hold up a black power fist doing this during the uh anthem to in Mexico City when they were trying to bring attention to uh the the conditions and the plight if you will of African American blacks in 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 the, at that time so now you fast forward from 68 to 2021 seems like a long time because it is, Uh, these same kinds of things. And they've made rules that, you know, you can't, you couldn't, if you do a black fist power, black power power fist, anything like that, you know, there'll be repercussions if you did that. Doing this ceremony
1: in in Tokyo. So it's going to be. And real quick, let's add Gwen Berry's name to that list. For her refusal to, or for her turning away from the flag and the national anthem in Oregon last week in the track and field trials. Um, yes. Right. Another another part of this that everybody's everybody's using that to vilify this young woman. Um. When we can add her name to this list mm-hmm. of activist athletes that have for decades now been trying to, um, yes. be seen, be heard. In ways, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's interesting because we we, we have this
0: um, we have we have this this activity going on that says I am going to be more than an athlete, right? We always had the the concept oh uh, 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 a dumb jock, right? Uh, and so now. We we have athletes who've always been smart, intelligent, articulate, involved, and now that they are beginning to exercise that opportunity more or be more visible in the exercising of it, they've always been there and they've always exercised it. Now that's beginning to be a problem, and and the majority of uh, of the society say, "I oh, just you know," as as the woman said on I think it was Fox, "just shut up and dribble the ball," kind of kind of an attitude like like because you are an athlete you don't have an opinion you don't have a brain to to articulate issues um
1: not right <laughs> and, and not going to stop I don't think yeah that's just my guess <laughs> yeah. you know lady, lady your skill at reading off a teleprompter does not qualify you to do anything so just shut up and read your lines well yeah uh yeah <laughs> and you know I uh, athletics and i'll tell you i think you're on to something right white america is afraid there's no question about it uh we were saw another headline we were talking about that um what really scares people about critical race theory and teaching of critical race theory is that whites might have to admit um we're in some way complicit i'll say it right up we're all complicit generational I don't care how many generations removed you are so Mm -hmm. (laughs) athletes you know for a long time we really abused athletes of color we really took I mean and I know we still it's still happening but it did open up an economic door that now generations down the road were paying Mm -hmm. athletes so well that many black athletes never say well wait a minute yeah you better listen to my voice you have to start listening to our voice collectively. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about this today, yeah, but folks just imagine if every black athlete in the United States or every non-white athlete in the United States all decided to take a week off. We call that a strike, right? You know, right? What if all, <laughs> what if they all sat down? What if they all, what if they all said, you know, i'm not i'm going beyond taking a knee i'm going to sit this see this year out and let's see what white sports would do, what, what with what would happen with hockey might survive but that's the only one right that's like the only sport that might survive would be hockey yeah. um yeah, wow see, well, you it know it feels like we, we are at a turning point right we're we're the ship is turning
0: it's turning it's like trying to you know turn a turn a a, a a big ocean voyage machine. It doesn't just turn it's not like a speedboat, you turn it on a dime. It takes a little while to get that big thing moving around. But you can yeah. see, you know, if you're looking out the window, you know, I I was just looking at a car lot, and now I'm looking at mountains, something's going on here. Um, you see it's turning, and so I think um what we have to continue to do individually and collectively is to raise the voice to 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 bring up the issues to to uh allow us whether we're on one side of the fence or the other to continue to have the conversation to bring up incidents either on either side you know if someone has an incident that they think supports another or the opposite side of the argument if you will let's talk about it Because until we're able to look at these issues from a 360 degree perspective, and then be able to say, okay, blind spot here, over exaggerated here, what's the holistic approach to doing this so that we have equity and justice? Uh, I heard a great one yesterday. You know, know, we, we talk about this equity thing and So we're at a fence and everybody wants to see over the fence. And so we give everybody equal size boxes and they put them down and they stand on the box. But now we've given everybody equal equipment, if you will, but still everybody can't see over the fence. I'm five, six, you're about six something. You probably can see over the fence now. I still can't. Right. So, so we have to understand that, you know, when we start talking about these terms, equity and justice. They're not just hollow turns. We have to really get into them to
1: understand what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And and the first step, I believe, is the equity. Yes. Right. We we get to the equity. So the equity says instead of all of us getting the same number of boxes to look over the fence, um, the the guys with a little less stature get more boxes. Tall guys get less boxes. So and then we're going to go beyond that and we're going to remove the fence completely. We're going to remove the source of the separation. We're going to remove the sort the, the experience that created the inequity in the beginning. Yeah. But we got to get to equity first. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways we got to get to justice first. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I think we're making some progress there. And that's our second big story of the, of the week folks. Um, wow what a huge shout out to nicole hannah jones if yes. you have not heard this story and i was not aware of this uh nicole hannah jones is a journalist uh she works with uh, the new york times i think it was it um and very big uh very well known now are uh, becoming more and more well known the story is she was denied tenure at unc and she was at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah. She was denied tenure because of her involvement in a journalistic endeavor called the 1619 Project. Now, I had not heard about the 1619 Project until very, very recently. Um, Z, you have a little bit more. I think you know a little bit more. Why don't you fill people in on what the 1619 Project is?
0: Well, yeah, you know, the, the 1619 Project is, is, is a project that speaks to that this was the first time that slavery really took a root uh, in the country. Now we know that the, the, the slavery as we look at now that became what is chattel slavery started with the Portuguese back in the 1519. Uh, and then actually the first ship of slaves that so-called documented that came to this country uh, the first slaves were, were were taken off of a Portuguese ship where an American ship you know got into conflict. But the 1619 project speaks to that whole thing about how slavery became prevalent in this country and it kind of chronicles that whole activity. Um, and it speaks to the whole difference of you know, with, throughout history, there's been this ideal concept of slavery uh, and and in a lot of ways, it was more akin to prisoners of war, indentured servants, uh, that kind of thing. Now, not to say that they didn't have uh, horrible treatment, but a lot of them were able to free themselves, so forth and so on. But the difference between that particular brand of slavery, if you will, and what took place in the Americas was chattel slavery. And in chattel slavery, chattel slavery looks at the individual that's a slave pretty much like an animal and they treat them like an animal uh and they just like the livestock or anything else that a person may have on a farm and we already know from a black perspective three-fifths of a of a human you know it it speaks to a whole another thing and so that's what that whole 1619 is about trying
1: to really get people to understand what slavery was in this country yeah so if you've ever wondered where that term 400 years comes from this is it 1619 august of 1619 um, is considered by many to be the first time people are sold as to colonists in the united states in virginia so ms harris jones is being is UNC Chapel Hill will say, Well, you know, we kind of like you. You're an all right person, but we're not going to offer you tenure because you're trying to teach, because you're involved with teaching people about the history of slavery yeah. as a black female. Um, and that created a big, big backlash. That created a lot of push. And a lot of people stood up and said, Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So this past week, um actually prior to the fourth of july holiday uh the board at unc chapel hill makes it meets and says okay well we kind of stuck our thumb in that one didn't we boys uh and backpedal and offer uh miss hannah jones tenure yeah for which she quickly says yeah thanks but no i <laughs> you're good i i got some bigger things to do here yeah. uh and um, in, her, in her no thank you to UNC Chapel Hill announces that she will be the inaugural Knight Chair on Racism, K-N-I-G-H-T, the Knight Chair on Racism for Howard University, a historically black college in HBCU. Um, this sounds like just a massive win um, for Howard, a yeah. massive wake up call for UNC Chapel Hill, um, and uh, I personally now have another new hero to add to my list of journalists and uh, do some more reading up on what Nicole Harris Jones is doing. Yeah, and, and you know, I,
0: I applaud her so much having been a graduate of an HBCU, I think is great. And and one thing also that's happening, you just kind of spawn this in my head, right now in terms of athletics, we're gonna put the athletics and, and, and colleges together in here a lot of uh former athletes are now becoming head coaches at the at several HBCUs and they're beginning to attract some star power four and five star athletes that would normally go to to predominantly white universities are now starting to come to to HBCU the latest push is Reggie Theus who was a basketball player has now accepted the head basketball coach. Previously it was all football, but now he's just accepted the head basketball coach job at Bethune-Cookman University down in Daytona Beach. And we know about Deion Sanders at Jackson State, and, and, and I forget where Eddie George, uh, he just went somewhere. So it will be interesting to see because, you know, back in the day, the black athletes that went into the NFL that did stellar work, 90% of them, I would say, were out of HBCUs. Uh when mm-hmm. you look at, at at that whole list of Willie Gallimore's and and Bob Hayes and and Willie Astodger, all the in um all of them, they were coming out of HBCUs, and then they were siphoned off, if you will, to the predominantly white university for for better equipment, opportunities, so forth and so on. So now they're switching that, and it's starting small. But I think it's going to be interesting to see, especially now where kids can make these transfers during the COVID protocol and not have to sit out a year. And in some cases, they've gained a sec uh, extra year to play. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out as well. And and uh, yeah, can't wait to That's see what this of- goes up at, up at Howard.
1: Oh, I know. I can't. I, I agree. I look forward to seeing what she's going to do. And, and it seems like this is part of that removing the systemic barriers.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is removing the fence. Um, it, it's it's only one plank of the fence right now, but it's that removing of the fence. Um, yes. So I put, um, this is really, really. And, you know, in all of this, Z, I think uh, we, we forgot about probably one of the biggest stories of the week and uh so we're not prepared we're not prepared to discuss bill cosby uh but we're gonna because i gotta (laughs) tell you folks rarely rarely is there a news story that makes me just sit my ass down and take a deep breath and the first thought i had was they released bill cosby how much did that cost um and and this is becoming, and this is causing a lot of things as well. Um, because it, this is now, because this story is of her, sorry, Bill's uh, TV wife, Felicia Rashad, sent out a very ill, Ill manner or ill quoted tweet, <laughs> ill poorly written tweet that claimed a great injustice had been righted. been undone that for some reason bill being in prison for sexual assault was an injustice let's be real folks this man admitted to this stuff the fact that he's free on a technicality is just that there was an unsubstantiated promise that uh that his testimony would not be used against him. It was used against him. That is against our principles in the United States. On the technicality, I understand what's happening. On the human side, there's a part of me that's really pissed off that we're just kicking a predator and a very high profile, very rich predator out back into the streets. And the first thing he said was, can't, and almost within days, they're announcing his next comedy tour. You got to pay me a lot of money to be the white guy in that audience. <laughs> a couple grand, and maybe you pay me a couple grand, and maybe I'll go sit through that comedy set. But I, I, was, well, I, I
0: guarantee <laughs> you, I guarantee you, it will sell out. Um, and 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 again, you know, we look at these things, and and like you said, the technicality of it, you can look at. We, the story we begin with. What is the technicality of of uh, of uh, of Miss Richardson not running? What's the technicality of of black swimmers, women swimmers, trying to get the proper uh, headgear for swimming that that's going to be accepted? So herein lies the whole challenge that we're facing. I think that COVID has brought up even when we start looking at slavery or racism, or if we look at uh, uh, the behavior of police officers, all how many things have been overturned on technicalities? Just dry, long soap. I mean, you look at uh, Eric Garner, or you look at uh, um, any of these officers, technicality. Chauvin would have got off on a technicality had people not been there with a friggin' phone, six or seven of them watching that. Right. And so now here again we begin. Technicalities have been part of the challenge that we've had for blacks and people of color throughout. They get them on technicality. Oh. So now again, the full three sixty is being brought up, and we have to we have to get the equity and the justice together. We have to make we can't have, have one without the other because it won't work.
1: So it, it's a healing because of black it, there is a there is a healing I don't want to say because but there is a healing in light of a, a black man getting off on the technicality
0: because
1: mm-hmm. probably one in ten yeah. black to white in getting yep. off on the being released for the technicality because
0: so. you got I mean think about all of the, the the innocent project all of these people black and white, for that matter, that have been released from prison after being in there for years, and they were in there on a technicality because they withheld left they withheld some evidence, and the technicality was, well, we didn't have all the information, so we're sorry we let you out.
1: Um, and Linda, no, we are not um, saying sexual assault Linda, is no, a technicality. I've uh, got a no. comment in the comment box. That is not what we are saying <laughs> whatsoever. All we are saying is that he was released because of a technicality. Personally, I, I still believe, I still believe him when he admitted to all these things, what's happening is uh, the Supreme court of Pennsylvania deemed that his admissions were not uh, that his confessions were not admissible in evidence as evidence against him. And therefore,
0: because he, because of his, his, his fifth amendment, he spoke freely and they say if you speak freely it cannot you cannot you use, be used against you and that's where yeah. and that's where the challenge of that whole thing comes in
1: right so yeah please um we uh we're not <laughs> doing the uh we're not not going there Lynn, i promise you um okay folks so we're gonna get out of here now before we do uh i want to make just put the plant the C because see, you just said something really important the innocence project the innocent project and i think we should uh I, I think I'd like to do a whole episode on that at some time. So let's put that in our production schedule. Uh, yes. In the meantime, we're going to get out of here, folks. Let you get back into your day at 730. Mountain time means Laura Topper and Mama Power is getting started here in just a moment. We'll be here with morning prayers at 815 this morning. Rev. Steph, excuse me, uh, Rev. Melissa with the morning sip at 8 a.m. I'm going to get my times right sooner or later. 8.30 Mountain, 9 o'clock is Wake Up Say Thank You with Rev. Steph. I'll be back at 9.30 with the Heart of Peace Meditation. And Pastor Michael later this evening, 5 o'clock Mountain for the Fireside Chat. Z, thanks for being with me this morning. This is always a great, great time.
0: Always great, man. There's always something something to enlighten else and everybody with.
1: So, Let's keep it going. (laughs) And spirit always seems to say, oh, talk about this, too. (laughs) That works for us. Folks, we're out of here. We love you. Until next time, peace and blessings. Peace.